You guys know that sound. That means it's emergency podcast time here on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. J.C. Sherbert here with you, along with two good friends of mine. You know them, you love them, both from thebigspur.com. Hell McGranahan and John Whittle figured we'd bring out the trio for this one since it's big news. And since I've sort of talked it to death, you guys sort of know how I feel about the whole thing. And I have some further points to make, uh, but we want to bring in all of our our team of experts, at least most of them. Uh, to talk about this news, because quite frankly, guys, um, it's not a surprise to our members and to a lot of the greater diehards at large, but I think if you'd ask anybody six months ago if it was a surprise, uh, and I'll start with you, Hale, uh, don't don't you think that, um, you know, if you think of it in terms of, of that length of time, it ultimately is. Yeah, um, like you said, it's something we've been – talking about here on this podcast and on the site for the last what two months two and a half months or so um so in the short term yeah not not a surprise really if you've been keeping up but uh I, I think just on the surface when when you see that Colin Hill is coming in um as, as a graduate transfer guy who's from the area originally he's he's had a long career already and been through the injuries uh on the surface again it just it looked like something that would be is, is a guy who could, could come in and, and help Ryan learn the offense and, and bridge the gap as a backup if need be and, and maybe just be a guy who, who finishes his career, his career on, you know, a positive note and, and maybe gets a, a chance to play at some point down the road. That was just sort of my interpretation of it as, as it happened early on. And I think a lot of people kind of had the same assumption uh, to a certain degree as well. John, what was your initial take of this news today? Obviously, again, not a surprise, but when you sort of digest it in totality, um, you know, like I said, I think it's something that maybe we didn't think about when the season ended last year or even when uh, they were talking about Hill coming in as a grad transfer. I don't know why John is muted right now. Hey, how about now? There you go. We got him. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I I think – I, 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 I think that when this news first started happening, that people's emotions kind of ran the gamut and their, their opinions on, on, you know, what exactly Colin Hill was going to be. I remember reading a couple of people saying, you know, he wants to be a coach. He's just, he's just transferring out here to, to learn to be a coach from, with, with Mike Bobo. And I was like, there, there's no way that that's true. Like, he's kind of coming in to compete. You know, he's, he did enough to win the job out there on, on multiple occasions. And, you know, some of his performances were good. Some of them weren't good. It was injuries that always, always derailed him. But, you know, he's, he, he's, he's, he's grown up. He's mature. He's, he knows what Mike Bobo wants in his offense, obviously. And, you know, we may be having a different conversation right now if, if Ryan Holinsky was able to go through, through, uh, 15 spring practices in a spring game and that, that kind of deal and, and, uh, have, be on the field with, with Mike Bobo and be in that offense a little bit more tangibly for, for longer, but, you know, that's not the way it worked out. So, you know, like, like you both said, you know, it, it's not really a surprise to, to the Big Spur members. And, and you know, that's, uh, that's kind of been the way that this has been headed for a couple of months now. Yeah, I mean, regardless of people's opinion on the, uh, on the ultimate, and there are a lot of opinions, and look, I don't think that it's a – it's a decision that's above criticism. I mean, you, you kind of look at it on the surface. Uh, I, I personally didn't think Ryan Holinsky was 
as good as some people made him out to be last year. I didn't think he had good moments. I didn't think his performance was even close to, you know, Jake Bentley's as a true freshman when Jake kind of went in there midseason and led the team to victories over, you know, the teams they could beat, sort of overwhelmed by the, the better teams. But um, he did have some good moments, and, and, and I don't think Ryan is not a talented quarterback. I just think he had – he had you know, he needs to develop. And you have a new system, and, and, and it's different than probably what he's used to. I think what BMAC was running, Brian McClendon, was probably more similar to what Halinski ran in high school. Um, this thing with, with Bobo is a lot more complex. It has a lot more nuances in it, a lot more formations. I mean, you, you really have – and it's designed – for the quarterback to make the right decision and for guys to be open. Um, and uh, that's kind of a fundamental thing about football because you can say that about RPOs and all you make the right decision and guys will be open. But, but it's a little more complex than that. Um, just kind of from what you've seen, and I'll start with John this time, you know, just as a player, when you watch Colin Hill, and we've all watched the Colorado State film on YouTube, I think that's – for him it's sort of a blessing and a curse because – you know, they were complete games, and I think sometimes we're all used to watching highlights, so we see a bad play, and that's a that's a check mark, a negative check mark or whatever. But, John, just from what you've seen of this guy, you know, how would you evaluate him as a quarterback and just sort of, you know, break down his strengths uh, physically in terms of his talent? Well, I mean, I, I, I think he throws a nice ball. I mean, you, you, you watch some of his throws, and, and, and you see what he sees. From from uh, you know our, our high above camera angle on on our on our nice little YouTube page and mm-hmm. and you know it looks like he's making a lot of the right decisions. It looks like he's making uh, a lot of really nice throws. He throws a catchable ball. Like you know from from what I understand, since he's been in South Carolina, the receivers have, have really have really liked being out there with him at quarterback. And you know I I, I, I feel like he can put those guys in position to be successful and. You know, I've I, I like for the most part what I, what I've seen out there. You know, I know a lot of people like the dual threat guy and the, the guy who can move around a little bit and that kind of deal. Uh, and Colin Hill's not going to be that guy. He never was that guy, and certainly not after three knee surgeries. But you know, he 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 does a lot in the passing game. That's really really good. I agree with you, Hale. Your your kind of uh, evaluation on this guy, you know. We've all watched a lot of quarterbacks over the years, and I know you have too at all levels. You know, your take on, on Colin Hill, just just watching him and, you know, without the reasons why he won the job, just talk about him as a player. To me, J.C., he seems just kind of a lot like Ryan Helensky is when, when you look at him on the hoof, about the same size. I, I think maybe Hill might be a little bit bigger. I can't remember exactly how they're measured. But they're they're about the same size. They're, they're both – Pro style passers. What I was talking about the dual threat aspect of it. Well, obviously Helensky's not a dual threat guy. Uh, the dual threat guys are Jay Yurick and Luke Doty. Um, but yeah, it just I, I think it, he's really just kind of a basic look at it. Just a, a, an older, more experienced type of Ryan Helensky. And, and I think when you look at the recruiting rankings and, and how those are how those were for both guys, Helensky was obviously higher of the two so so maybe you you could go so far as to say that that Helensky it could be someone who if he continues to progress and, and is on track as 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 people thought he was going to be coming out of high school 
that he could be a, a better version of Colin Hill down the road. And the biggest thing that we all heard from, from Muschamp, in my opinion, was that uh, Hill has the benefit of, of more years within the system. He has better knowledge of it. He's more experienced. And uh, all that stuff kind of adds up to to pushing in his direction when, when the race, as Muschamp said, was pretty neck and neck. So I, I, I think um, he, he when I look at those highlights and see some of those plays, he, he looks comfortable out there. He looks like he's sure of himself, like that Colorado game that, they marched right down the field, and, and they were with them pretty early on in the game uh, to start out last season. Uh, and just just a guy who, who, to me, again, just looks like he, he, he knows what he's doing out there, bottom line. Really nice play calling on that first drive, by the way. <laughs> um, I watched that, that first drive today myself, and um, th- those play calls were pretty, kind of reminded me of some Steve Spurrier, old, old school you know, they hit the kind of the little wheel route to begin with, and then they were just like, well, we're going to go downtown. Let's go downtown. <laughs> uh, John, how important now – this was probably – this was definitely going to be important regardless of who won the job because, as Hale pointed out, neither one of these guys are very fleet of foot. But now, how much more important now is, is it for South Carolina on offense to be able to run the ball for them to get more production than people expect at receiver – and most importantly, to protect. I mean, that, you know, to me, you know, those things were important regardless. It's probably obvious. But I think with this style of quarterback, you have to give him time to operate. And you have to help him with a run game. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's true. But, I, I mean, I think that's pretty much true regardless. I mean, you can you can – be, you can't really be one-dimensional in this league. You got to be able to keep some teams off balance. But you know, keep, keeping uh, keeping pressure off of Colin Hill is is certainly going to be you know of, of, of paramount importance, especially because you know you don't know what you're going to get from your skill position guys. You know, there's uh, there you got a bunch of new guys out there wide receiver. You got a bunch of new guys back there running back. It's it's nice to go against your guys in practice and, and think you know what you have. It's, it's something completely different when you go out there on Saturday and line up for the first time against a new team. So, yeah, the offensive line really needs to be good, and they really need to to uh, to, to play up to their capabilities. Will Muschamp has, has said from the beginning that, you know, the strength of the offense is the offensive line, and, you know, they, they should be. There's four starters returning. Uh, those guys are older now, uh, and a couple of them are really pretty good. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> They, they they need to perform up to their capabilities and and give uh, give Colin Hill a, a chance to figure some things out. Mike Bobo a chance to figure some things out. You know the offense to find out to, to borrow a phrase that they keep using what they want to major in what what they're going to be really good at what they want to strive to be the best at. You know I think that might take a little bit of time. Of course you got to win games along the way, but the offensive line is going to be a huge part in, in doing that and helping helping determine know what this team is good at offensively yeah hell um you know your thoughts on the offensive line and the need to to protect hill and and, and let him operate yeah as as you guys all mentioned they got to be able to block so they can run the ball and that's been an issue at times obviously over the last few years and really the thing that we've heard a lot about bobo's system and his uh personality as a play caller is how he sets things up. He, he'll call one play to, to come back to it and, and use something off of that down the road, and it's going to get the defense looking here. So then you can go over this way, and 
Uh, you got to be able to run the ball to set up play action and take a shot downfield. So all, all that stuff adds up to, to the bigger picture and, and they've got to be able to just that basic fundamental. We got to block people. Like you hear coaches say, we got to block, we got to tackle better. Well, if you can't block and you can't, can't run the ball and you can't uh, set up some other stuff off of that to, to really open things up in your playbook and allow your quarterback who, who knows it like the back of his hand. Um, if he can't, if he can't get to, to some of those things that they want to do because they can't block anybody, then it doesn't matter who's back there, Ryan Holinsky or Colin Hill. It, it's not going to make a big difference. Yeah, I think if, if there's blocking issues this year, number one, it'd be a severe disappointment because, like John said, I think at a minimum you have two NFL guys starting in Dylan Wanham and Sedarius Hutcherson. I, I'd be shocked if those guys weren't players at the next level, uh, and there's probably more. And, uh, you know, that, that would be disappointing, number one. Number two, I think at that point it's Luke Doty time because I think <laughs> you, you're going to need – these two other, the other two guys aren't really the, – they can't really pull off the, the, the great escapes. So um, we, will, we will see what happened. All right, well, one more question for both of you. I'll start with John. Um, one thing that, you know, in, in watching his interviews, I know you guys hadn't had any FaceTime with him or anything like that. Just give me one thing, you know, personality-wise that stood out about Colin Hill, you know, since you've been actually covering him uh, as a player at South Carolina. I, I would just say kind of steady and, and mature. Uh, I mean, th- those are the first things that kind of come to my mind when when, when listening to him talk. Um, you know, I just – I feel like he's uh, – I, I, I feel like that that's something that he brings to, to this team it's just a, a maturity about himself, both, you know, as a, both in the offense, but also just as a player. And, you know, when you, when you're breaking in a bunch of new guys around you, I mean, you're, you're, you got Shaw Smith who's been there a while and done it, but then your number two wide receiver is Xavier Leggett. I, how many catches did he have last year? About, about eight, 10, eight. something like that. Yeah, so, so yeah, you're, there's not a whole lot of, of, of guys who have a whole lot of meaningful experience around them. And just having some of that maturity there, not only in the offense, but just a calming voice, I, I think is going to be beneficial. And, and that's something that kind of stands out to me about it. Hale? I think I think back to when I was 19 year old, years old compared to when I was 22, like I, I feel like I grew more between, between those years as just like – maturing and, and figuring out how not to be a, a POS and then just not thinking <laughs> past my, my nose. And just like, I, I feel most people, most guys, most guys in general <laughs> grow an awful lot, mature an awful lot, learn a lot about themselves. Um, just become a little more well-rounded in that period of time than, than they do really at any stage of their life. That's just kind of my like, thoughts on just life in general I agree um, and that's not anything against Ryan Holinsky or, or trying to hype up Colin Hill that's just like Ryan Holinsky's I think 19 years old and Colin Hill's what 22 23 years old so I mean he's to all all of what you guys are saying in terms of experience and maturity and, and all that like it, it's just adds to that that thought and, and I, I agree with that that line of thinking uh, especially when when you consider the, the lack of, of experience at those playmaker positions that, uh, that Colin Hill or Ryan Holinsky, whoever's going to have to work with when, when they walk into week one. Um, so, yeah, just Colin Hill, just an older guy. He, he's 
he's been around obviously for a while and, and he just, he's, he's a little older, a little wiser, and that's just how it is. And, you know, in three or four years from now, when Ryan Holinsky's there, he'll be a little older, a little wiser than, you know, the next quarterback, if he's still at South Carolina, uh, then the next quarterback is coming up. I mean, maybe we'll be having the same conversation about Ryan Holinsky and Gunnar Stockton one day. Who knows? But it, it's just, just kind of how it is when, when it comes to being 19 years old versus, you know, a college graduate. All right, one more thing I forgot. All right, so you guys got to help me with this. When is the last starter at South Carolina? When, when was the last guy from Dorman that started a, at University of South Carolina in football? I can go Chris Lesso in basketball back in the eighties, but I, and and I know there, uh, John. There's been some ba- it has to be some baseball guys from Dorman, but I, I sat here and made a list all the top guys from Dorman: Ryan Sims, Sharon Peak. I remember Michael Belcher, who was a recruit during the Holtz era that was for Dorman that didn't really last. Can you, can, was it Terry Gilliam back in the Sparky Woods era? I don't, I don't remember. JC, you're so much better at that than anybody else. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know, then them, I don't know that we would know. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. There haven't really been a ton of baseball guys to come out of there. South Carolina missed on PJ Hall in basketball here recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a little bit of a blank. I, I, I'm sure there's somebody, a punter or somebody out there, kicker somewhere along the line that I'm missing. Well, I was going to say there's probably been a soccer player or something. So they they're good at soccer. They and they they've been a good they've been good at football since the mid '90s, but they used to be terrible. They they used to be kind of the you know, Spartanburg High School was obviously the, the the bigger school back then. And you know, if it weren't for Taby and Feaster, I think Spartanburg High would have been a long a long drought too, because Ronnie Martin certainly wasn't a guy that started, started at Carolina. And uh, I don't know. So I'm from Spartanburg. So those things kind of, you know, Dorman matters up there and all that. So uh, first guy from Dorman, probably since the eighties, most likely, most likely we'll just put it that way. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Hale and John, uh, John, I know you're on the road, safe travels and Hale. uh, We'll talk to y'all, you guys both right here on the podcast next week as we get into game week. Sounds great. All right. Thanks to those two. This has been Emergency Podcast Inside the Gamecocks. J.C. Sherbert, holla at you more tomorrow with more Gamecock talk right here on the Inside the Gamecocks podcast.